Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Naked Leadership Podcast. This is Chad. This is our final episode in the Harrison Assessment series that we've been doing. This is the 12th paradox. It's called the Organization Paradox. But before we go there, I want to tell you about something very, very cool. We've partnered up with Ali Webb, founder of Drybar, to do a workshop called the Impact Series. This is an opportunity for founders to come to the table with 19 other founders of varying business sizes and industries to workshop their biggest challenge. If you're a founder, what is it that you're up against? What is it that if you could figure this one thing out, you could take the com- your company to the next level, you could take your leadership to the next level, or you could take your team to the next level? That's what we do in the Impact Series. We come together with 20 founders, Adrian, Ali, and our very own Mark Edwards, in a room in Hollywood for two whole days, workshopping your challenge, pooling resources, sharing experience and wisdom. And the most impactful part is the community that comes out of it. These founders go on to support each other, be there for each other, and and provide resources for each other. I'm telling you, if this speaks to you, do not miss this opportunity. Go to impact.takenewground.com or simply click the link in the description of this episode. Now, let's dive into Organization Paradox. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Naked Leadership Podcast. My name is Chad. As usual, I'm here with Dan and Adrian. Gentlemen, Dan, how are you today? Alive and well. Thank you. Good, man. Adrian, it's great to be with you. How are you? Thank you, man. I'm great. Hey, we are rounding out the Harrison series. This is our 12th paradox that we have that we're approaching. Um, If you've been listening for any amount of time or uh, if you're new, I'll just explain really quick. The Harrison is a tool that we use with leaders and teams to map out the preferences of an organization and an individual to find out, you know, all sorts of fun things, um, mainly how they work together, how balanced they are, and to map out, you know, what could be, what's wanted and needed to create more productivity, to create more happiness and and comfort, not comfort, but uh, belonging in the team um, and making sure that everybody's being utilized to their highest potential. So uh, this week we're talking about the organization paradox. And as it, as the Harrison does, it, it measures two ideas or two preferences or two behaviors that seem contradictory. Yet when they are uh, balanced, there is um, synergy and there's productivity and there's all the things that we're looking for in that, in that area. So um, in organized, we're looking at the, the two that are measured is organized and flexible. And as I usually do at the top of these, I want to give a couple of definitions just so we make sure we understand what we're talking about. So the definition of, or the, how they explain the organization paradox is how you deal with adaptability and create organization or structure. So two things that could feel or seem contradictory, uh, but we'll, we're, this whole conversation is going to be about how these two things can actually work together. Uh, the, way that they, or, the way that they define organized is the tendency to place and maintain order in an environment or a situation. And the definition of flexible that we're working with is the tendency to ease, uh, uh, sorry, the tendency to easily adapt to change. So it seems like that for me, the way that I perceive these is like organized is that thing 
that is the, the stake in the ground. It's the thing that doesn't change or, or, or we may, what I make up is when I organize something that should be the constant doesn't change so that we know where things are. We know how they operate. We know what to be expected. And then flexible seems like the antithesis to that. Like, uh, whatever, man, we could be flexible. I'm, I'm open to whatever comes up. Uh, it could be here. It could be there. We don't know. We're flexible. Um, those are obviously my interpretations and, and how they show up for me. Um, but I'd love to just start the conversation off, Dan. I, I do like starting with you. You're the master at reading these things. And um, I'd love to start as you approach this paradox with um, in a debrief or with a client or with a team, what are some of the things that you tend to point out first? Well, I do what you just did. And then um, I talk about the idea that organization is the place, is the main, is the establishing of order and maintaining it even through change. So the order may actually shift, but that it's orderly the way it shifts during the change, right? And somebody who's, you know, and if you think about it, most entrepreneurs, most founders are, I've found, they, and Adrian, tell me if you find this, they're more flexible than they are organized usually. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. they got a new idea, they're going over here. And can, <laughs> oh yeah, we, there's no problem, we can change that. And and usually the organization's freaking out because they're, they're not feeling, they're feeling disoriented because the, the organization, the organization itself may be taking too many changes, right? But it's actually possible to be flexible and and organized at the same time, which takes a lot a consciousness uh, about the impact of the the changes you want to make, right? And the and what it means to be flexible when you do that, right? Like the change comes, I can adapt to it. Now, how do I have the organization? adapt to it how do i maintain order as we make this shift that that's usually what gets dropped out first and that what happens is a leader then can feel abandoned because they're already in the change they're already moving and they may be organized but they haven't bothered to to really connect with those they're working with so that they they understand how the organization is going to make the shift in an organized way Right, there's going to be order as we go about this shift, as we as we adapt. Dan, you started out by talking about an imbalance, uh, yeah. which is most leaders are generalization, whatever. But we'll, let's just go with it. Let's say this is this is true. Most leaders are high on flexible, lower on organized. And so they 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 can come across scattered, but they know what's going on in their own mind, right? That's right. Like, there's a method to their madness. I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard board say, well, you know, he's, he's the visionary. And so he's always ahead of us and, you know, and, and he's always changing and making things go. And what happens is the leader can see the shift, but they haven't, they're making leaps that make sense to them, but they haven't taken their team with them. They haven't helped the team understand what the progression in the shift is as far as the organization goes. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's like, I think this can often, this imbalance can often um, 
I don't know if separate is the right word, but it, it can separate them from their team, right? It can, it can make them, they, I hear all the time, like managers and team members saying, well, they're, they're crazy. They're just out there in the front doing whatever. Yeah. And, and that's, <laughs> as you, as you think about that, like, so this scattered, this, the, the, if you can imagine the quadrants, the, 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 the table here, you have a vertical axis and a, and a horizontal axis organized is on the vertical flexible is on the horizontal. And if you're high on flexible, low and organized puts you in the far lower right uh, quadrant, which is labeled scattered, which you already mentioned, Dan, um, the tendency to adapt to change without remaining sufficiently organized. And Adrian, I've heard you, I think when I hear you talk about the maniac or the crazy or that I feel like this is very much in line with what it is that you talk about when, you know, we talk about founders and leaders and um, entrepreneurs having some sort, some sort of maniac to them. Yeah, well, I was just in a conversation yesterday with a client, with a founder, and we're talking about leaders a lot of times here. We're thinking about the founders we work with. And the scenario was really around organization of the office space for this leader. And she had, she, she's pretty scattered um, and like highly, you know, things are, it, you know, the, the physical organization doesn't matter much to her, the space. We were just talking about actually their space, their office space. And it, it had been a mess and no problem for her. And I think things are a mess, you know, in most areas of her life, physically, like, you know, not that, not that organized. Um, but then all of a sudden for her, she was done with it. And she hired a team to come in and take the thing apart and put in shelving and, you know, flipped into rigidly organized. She was long. These are those flips we talk about. If you're long on one and shorter on another under stress, you'll probably flip to the opposite box. So those are listening. If you're like bottom, right. And, they call it scattered. It's just really kind of fluid all the time, but under stress, you might then flip to the top left, which is rigidly organized, which is what she did and came in and had been liking it a certain way, but then all of a sudden paid all the money, did all the thing, and then just went and told the team guys here, how, here's how it is to deal with her own, you know, scatteredness. She did that and then dictated what was going to happen next. I'm sure that and yeah, say what? I'm sure that went over well. Yeah, well, the resistance came loud and clear. Um, what? So I'm, I think about this in two. This is a dynamic that I don't know, think I've been in an org, a founder-led organization that hasn't been in this tension, where the founder uh, needed and probably naturally, and then needed to be very flexible to get the thing off the ground and loves the flexibility and loves the license that there is hidden in the flexibility. And then naturally feels if it's their baby, they feel entitled to do what they want um, and make of these changes. And then there's this dynamic between that person that's way out front and then everybody else that's like responsible for delivering on the promises of the founder or the visionary. And typically the founder can get more scattered because they don't want the fear that's hidden in organization, like, oh, this thing's going to take too long, um, or the attitudes that come in that camp. And then the other side gets really positioned 
as hyper-organized or rigidly organized rigidly, or deal yeah. with the crazy mom or dad that's out there doing all this thing. And then they're like, you know, camped up in hyper-militaristic, you know, thinking and behavior to kind of deal with the crazy. So both living solely in either camp is where the, the, um, it gets to loggerheads, right? It gets, it gets really, it gets, it gets unproductive or like 55 ideas and no action and scattered, or it gets very slow, hyper methodical. How must it, must it get done? Hyper linear, which bugs the shit out of the founder. And then they end up having these two different camps. Yeah. The, 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 the interests are, they're interested, the interests behind it are, the founder is flexible because he knows that that's what's going to keep the company alive to be able to change with the market and, and, yeah. the, and the operations you know, people in the organization, they want efficiency because the change represents more work and, and orderliness creates efficiency. So that tension is really real, right? So how do you integrate those like in nature? Cause nature is that perfect example of orderliness in the context of constant change, right? How do you, and that takes, with people, they have, everybody has an opinion and, and it makes sense that the, the, uh, the founder would say, it's gonna to take too much time, but usually it takes a lot more time to, to clean up the aftermath of trying to force the change and new order without like your, like who you just, whatever your client went through, you know, Certainly she got organized, but then she had no buy-in because she did it all herself. And yeah. probably how was it efficient for what they were up to? And who knows, right? All that stuff comes up. Attention's right is there. It's not going away either. It seems yeah. to me. Oh, go ahead, Adrian. I was just gonna say that when there's an air of independence, neither one of these really work. Yeah. When there's yeah. a commitment to interdependence, that's when you can actually break into that top right quadrant, which is flexible and organized. How do we get to your point, Dan? How do we get everybody's needs met? Yes, we're going to need to adapt. And we know, founder, you want to adapt often and quickly. It's part of where vitality happens, I think, or feeling good in the organization, um, especially if numbers are down or something like that. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, and giving up, it's really, my experience is really hard for founders to be willing to give up what feels like freedom for them, but it's really a stand for independence instead of a commitment to interdependence where they don't have to lose themselves, but they, but they have themselves in the context of other people. And so then, they, you know, it, it does take more time. And yes, of course, none of us would like to have to enroll anybody else in something. We just like nice little soldiers over there. <laughs> yeah. Tools, that's we tools. Yeah, that's right. Nice little soldier. Just do what I say. Just shut up and just do what I say. That's like the unsaid mood in the room a lot of times. Um, but like a yeah, commitment to interdependence, because to your point, this is why most founders can't keep leading their companies at some point. That's why they end up usually hiring a CEO that thinks more in an organizational grid is because many founders hold on too long. They want to keep these traits that were needed to start up, but don't work to scale. And, you know, but if they value interdependence and are willing to really, I was in another conversation with a new client this week and his CEO and the, the word surrender kept coming up because everybody 
has to surrender in order to create something new. Surrender like what it used to be in order to generate something new. So like the founder has to surrender, you know, in this situation, this guy has to surrender the, the what feels like freedom for him in order to work with a team because he actually needs that in the long game. Short game, great idea, wonderful, but it doesn't work long term. And then the organized person has to surrender what feels like predictability and safety. And do I, and then have all the conversations that are needed to generate security in the relationship with the founder. I don't know if that makes sense, but I can take another swing at it where if this per, let me say this first, usually it becomes a dynamic where this person's this way, I'm this way, and everybody thinks the I is right on both sides. Like I've got it right, mm-hmm. you know, they ought to get their shit together. And everybody on both sides thinks that naturally just because the brain's doing the, what the brain does. Um, the organized person, what's usually missing is a type of conversation that continues to, continues to generate vital trust. Because, I mean, in this conversation with this, this, this team this week, it's, oh, there's something missing in the relationship. Because if I had that and I knew this person was on board with me, I'm speaking as the CEO, the CEO saying, hey, I, if I know you're on board with me, I'm, I can actually listen to your ideas, like the 50 of them you have. I can listen to them in a way that's actually loving and connective and you know, integrative. I can, I listen to yours. Otherwise I'm just listening from my judgment. Like you ought to be organized. What's wrong with you. And if I'm listening from you ought to be organized, what's wrong with you. I'm not entertaining anything. And I just continue to polarize the relationship. But the relationship can get shoulder to shoulder and they can own the fact that founder is more, is more flexible. CEO is more organized. Oh, great. We need each other. How do we surrender to one another and then get into this top right quadrant, this flexible, organized type of thinking and then type of behaving? Does that make sense? No, it makes a lot of sense. It's clear as a bell. So it's that. It's that. That's why for us, you know, this isn't like a set of questions. It's not like a set of criteria any of this stuff inside these paradoxes. It's not like that. It's not the check box. It won't work. The box doesn't work. It's these principles at play inside the dynamic that's ever moving between the relation in the relationships. That's it. Like how much do we presence organization? How much do we presence flexibility? That's the question. And if not, when when do we presence them? When do we do it? That's right. And because, and it's really, you said it meant dynamic. It's a, happening. It's something that's always occurring. It isn't like you follow a set of rules. It's a principle and and it's a it's a real relationship between t- it's a tension that really operates with a group of people. And when you get together, you can see it anywhere you go when you start working with them. Yeah. So yeah. Adrian, you I wanted to dissect something that you mentioned just a little bit more, if you don't mind. And you talked about valuing interdependence. And I've got a whole set of things that I make up that that means. Um, and, and I talk quite a bit about interdependence and I love reading about it and thinking about it. And what, what does it take? Even take a simple product, for example, there's so much interdependence to bring that product to life or that service to life, right? Um, in this dynamic, I was curious, I'm interested to hear what, what role does interdependence play 
you're talking specifically between the relationship between maybe a rigidly organized CEO and a scattered founder. Those are just kind of the roles we're playing out to demonstrate this paradox. Um, but it also exists in us as individuals too. Oh, yeah. um, but I love, I would love to hear just more or, or that kind of fleshed out a little bit of what do you mean by this valuing interdependence or not valuing interdependence? Well, I've been thinking about, we'll see if this connects. I've been, um, I've been thinking about the distinction between safety and security. And a lot of times we aim for safety, like is something safe? And that's kind of a question going on in you know, the back of our brains all the time. Is someone safe? Is something safe? And there, I need to be safe. I need to be safe. But the question is, is it safe? And if it is, then I am. Mm -hmm. This is my point is like safety is an extra is a conversation about my environment and whether that's people or places or things like it's like safety happens out there and then I feel it and then I am. And, and I'm, I'm in a conversation with lots of clients around security, which is an internal state. Like I am secure. I know who I am. I know what I'm up to. I know what I'm committed to. I know how I can take. I want a challenge. That's great. I know I can contain a X person that I don't necessarily like or whatever. I can contain that. I can listen to that. I can. Da, da, da. That's security, which is does has nothing to do with what's going on out there. It's an internal state that I bring to out there. Now, I I think there's a connection between those two ideas. Um, and what we're talking about here, because uh, go ahead. Yeah. I, I mean, security is an internal state that enables one to be free. The, the dynamic is between freedom and safety, right? Because if I am secure about where I'm at, who I am, what I'm up to, I will tend to be free because I'm not externalizing my condition on circumstance. And, and that's really what it takes to stand, right? Because everybody comes up against, well, if I stand for this, I could lose your approval. I could lose your, your contribution. I could lose your uh, support. And so if my security is tied to your, what you're giving me, then I'm going to be less free with what I, who I am. Yeah. So I lose that security. <laughs> Yeah, and you're obviously not safe. Nobody really is safe. Nobody's safe. Yeah, you don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, at any moment. That's it. Very, very well said. So to tie it in, Chad, your question around at least what I mean by interdependence, I see it on a potentially. I guess see it on a continuum. I'm, I'm not sure that it's on one, but we'll do this. There's like three categories to make it simple. There's like dependency, there's independence, and there's interdependence. Yeah. Dependency is like, I'm not unless somebody else is. I am dependent on them. I'm not anything. I, I am just a waiting. Yeah. To I'm a reaction waiting to happen. Or I'm a, you know, it's like people that are just always the caboose on the train. Um, and there's a whole bunch of conversations we could have about that. Um, and, 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 we're, and, and we're not like we're like that all the time, but in some relationships, we're like that. In some situations like that, in the business context, it might be, because I've be chosen so much resignation, it's fine. I, whatever. I don't care about this project. I'll just do what they tell me to do. Just what do you want me to do? That's dependency, right? I've given up myself and now other people get to generate what I'm up to. That's dependency. I've 
you know, we could talk about it for five hours, but that's at least what I mean like that. Other is independence. I'm going to do whatever I want. I don't give a shit about what other people think, what they want. I'm just independent and I'm fighting for me. And anytime somebody else has something to say to me, I am just thinking through how much this is a, um, a threat to me. You know, like I, if like other people's ideas about me are a threat to me, these are folks that aren't open to feedback. They're always, def- they, they tend to be defensive. They tend to be looking out for number one or a converse, the most, the most popular pronoun that comes out of their mouth is I, you know, it's just I or my team. They're always self-promoting that's independence. And so they get their, their agenda is, is separateness, but, but usually separateness that lends towards superiority. The, the, the separateness and dependency that lends towards inferiority, like I'm nothing. And this is independence is I'm everything just to play with it. And there's something I'm talking about in the middle where interdependence is I know who I am. I know what I'm up to. Like that's, that's, there's an essence of independence and interdependence. I know who I am. I know what I'm up to, or at least I think I do. Right. And I'm actually hold myself in a way that gives me some fluidity as well, because that's just, I, I think that's the most honest conversation we can have about the self is it's always and ever shifting, right? I know that about myself. Put me in 10 different scenarios. I contend with, I contend with lots of things in my environment. I contend with my own insecurities. I contend with my own fears, my own whatever, like uh, my own confidence things. I'm, you know, it's like, how do I talk about myself with 15 different people? I say different things. Um, so I am connected to my environment. I'm connected to what's going on out there, but I'm fluid with it. I don't have a problem with the fluidity that is the ever evolving self that's there. I think that's unavoidable period. And if we decide we're stuck, then we're in bad, we're in bad shape period. So interdependence is I got me on, I've got, I was going to say, I got me on lock. I don't mean that I got me. I'm clear, at least clear enough to go engage. And I'm going to maybe go explore and find out what's wanted and needed for me. And interdependence is, I want you to do the same. Like what's going on over there? What do you think? What do you want? What do you need? How do I help you? And then there's this dance together where neither of us threaten the other. We actually, it's an additive or like a generative conversation, which might need to be full of some conflict. Like I might need to give some rough feedback in order to actually have the real conversation. And so I'm interdependent. I can't be my best me alone. I say that's true always. Mm-hmm. Well, neurologic, there's all kinds of studies. We're smarter with people than alone. Literally, we're more intelligent as an organization or a group than we are yeah. by ourselves. We, it provokes us to think, because we have to think about how to not just get our way, but how does our way support the larger picture and that I don't get this done without you anyway. If I'm going to get something bigger than me done, it's going to require other people. That's right. So I need to be independent while I'm dependent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that interdependence, right? Independent yeah. that I'm in myself. I'm secure, like you said, about who I am. I'm, I have a sense of security enough that I can contribute to and be contributed to in order to have something bigger than me, bigger than both of us happen. Hmm. Yeah. That's a so, good way to go. so thank you for that. Um, I love that distinction you made between interdependence, dependent in, 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 uh, <laughs> what's independent. The, what was, independent. Thank you. <laughs> that's a, that's a mouthful. Um, we've, we've kind of teased this out as if they're two different people, 
up to this point, like the scattered person and the rigidly organized person. And I wanted to bring them back into a whole, like as, as one, I'm assuming there are leaders who are listening to this founders, CEOs, managers who are thinking, well, this is great. How do I be both? Um, and, and maybe, you know, I think that's the language they're using to get to what the question is really probably the stronger question is what, who do I need to be in order to be both or to be balanced in this? How do I both show up organized and scattered? I'm an eight on both, uh, which didn't surprise me at all. Uh, I love organizing things and then I get really energized by new ideas. And I, I found that that, I don't know how rare it is, at least in my circles, the people that I've worked with, there's a rarity to that. Um, so I'm curious as, as you, if you were to briefing this with a leader there, maybe they're high on flexible, they're low on organized or opposite. And they're wondering what, what is it going to take for me to be more balanced? Where do we start that conversation? Well, my, my thought is um, probably the first step is to honor both legs. Um, especially if we find ourselves or if our preferences are to be more towards one. I mean, you're eight and eight, Chad. I'm eight and eight unorganized and six unflexible. Um, so less flexible naturally. I, I think about this, we're moving it down to a personal level. My fiance in that other room is hyper flexible. Um, and I find myself not honoring that all the time. And like, you know, the, the, her quick, her, you know, she's a very successful founder. She's, she'll change her mind all the time. Oh, let's just do this. Let's just do this. Let's just do this. Let's go here. Let's do it. And I'm, I'm still, and I'm still catching up and like, oh, oh, we had a plan. Hold on a second. We had a plan. Um, and then, so, and then I then get rigidly organized to deal with, you know, internally to deal with the ever moving target. Almost in spite. In spite. And well, that's it. I mean, it's judgment too. It's like, well, yeah. hold on. You said, you know, and I, this is, you know, you could record one of our conversations, like, you know, cause I've got judgment about it. Like, oh, you, you're going to reschedule this person five minutes before that's mean. <laughs> oh, that's a dishonorable, like oh, that's, or that's selfish. That's my own judgment of it. It's like, that's so selfish. She actually does have just a higher, uh, uh, she's less uh, emotionally connected to, uh, you know, plans mm -hmm. essentially. And there's lots of other conversations we could have about that, that generate for me. So, but that's the first thing is really to honor both. And if I, if, if, if I'm in a state of, uh, of security myself, of clarity myself, then I think I'm more apt to honor both, you know, and I know now, I mean, even just looking at this now, it makes sense. Um, higher on organized, lower on flexible, but then I'll flip into being scattered under enough stress, which can be like just all chaos. Who cares? Um, and so I think, I think that's the first thing is to honor both. And that my, that's, that's one of the, the most important things. I'm going to say it might be the only thing. I don't think it is. Um, but from that, like we've got a lot, after we honor the other thing, that means we're going to listen to it and want it, number one. And then what do we have to learn? And then how, you know, how do I 
you know, I, all the time now, and just talking about in this relationship, there's things that happened this morning on a handful of things happening with the kids and picking up the kids. Um, and then the things that a meeting I needed to be on and the desire to have coffee. I didn't see how these three things could happen simultaneously. She did. And she said, Oh, why don't we do it this way? And I'm like, ah, there it is. Great. <laughs> I was doing, you know, I, I, I often joke like square pegs go through round holes. If you hit them hard enough, you know, and that's, has been my mantra in line. Just, just, just nail that son of a bitch. It'll go through, just make it happen because I get rigidly organized and it's got to go a certain way. Yeah. Instead of like, what are the other ways to do this thing? Why, why are we just banging my head against this wall? There's a door that's open right over there. Um, so one wanting other perspectives, um, honoring other perspectives, learning from, and then just the natural ego side of it. Like, no, it's gotta be my way. Um, um, for either, either dynamic is really important too. and giving up like surrendering what I think I need or how I think it has to happen for this thing to go or how I think it needs to go for me to be honored, respected, safe, whatever, giving that up and, and, you know, experimenting and trying something new. Um, I think those are some of the steps anyway. Well, in, in a, just kind of in a different direction, being balanced is the ability also to know when, like we do, I do a lot of, we do turnarounds, right? With companies. And sometimes you have to go in and be, hyper-organized in order to start the turnaround or hyper-flexible where you have to break things up in order to really open up a new possibility for creativity and organization. So knowing when to put the pedal down on one or the other is part of the balance, right? Mm. It's okay, you know, shoot. It's like balancing on, you see those things that they're automatically balanced, those wheels. I, I never, I, I, did, I got on one. I thought, oh, this is a lot easier than I thought because it's automatically <laughs> balanced. But if you make it faster, you got to, you know, you pull back, you, you, you slow it down, you push down on the other side. And, and it, there's times when you have to, in the balance, over, over emphasize one of the other sides. And that identifying that's really important. If you're balanced, then you're not going to have one preference for the other. You're going to do what's necessary to have what you're committed to turn out. And it's like, you're going to face some disapproval. And I've, I've seen, Great leaders say, okay, well, we're going to have to pay the short-term price of some confusion to get here, or we're going to need to buckle down and really get efficient before we move on to the next level, right? So we have a foundation. So it's it's like, what is what does the, it's a contextual thing. It's back to what you said, Adrian, it's a dynamic, right? And the worst thing you could do here is make a formula out of this thing. Yeah. Dan, I, I like your analogy. I think the, are you talking about the one wheels? Yeah. I'm going to yeah, yeah. I'm I'm get one of these. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. I bought one and I cruised around town for a couple of days. I felt way too vulnerable on it. So I sold it. I'm like, I'm going to kill myself on this thing. Um, the, the analogy that I love is like, as a kid, like when you're supposed to be sweeping the floor, but you uh, decide to balance the broomstick on your hand instead. Right. And you're like chasing it around every direction, whatever way the weight goes. That's what I think about when we, when exactly what you're talking about is like balance isn't a scale that right. is evened out balance is 
paying attention and going where it's needed to go. You know, if you, if this, if the next phase of the business, so the next phase of your team is going to require you to be organized, that you can tap into that. Or if the next phase of the business or the market is going to require you to be flexible, that you can tap into that as well. Um, so I think that's really powerful. Uh, there's so much here. This has been really great. I, I want to give you guys an opportunity just to uh, close it up. Any final thoughts on this paradox encouragement, um, anything that you want to make sure people understand before we close this up? Sure. I, what, what just hits me is um, so many dynamics here as I think about conversations I've just been in this week. You know, the, the trouble we get into is whenever we get really precious about ourselves and like, I have to be this way or I must be this way or I'm only this way. Um, and if we get really precious about it and get really sensitive about it and then start to fight to retain that version of myself in the context of a team, um, then we do get labeled and we've earned it because that's the, you know, that's the, the stump speech is, you know, you guys don't move fast enough or, Hey, this place used to be startup mode. Now what the hell, blah, 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 blah. And now you get known for that very myopic conversation. And then you fight that. Um, and, you know, I got many examples of this and I've probably done it too, you know? So the, I think the aim, I mean, it, uh, for, for us, so many of these these aspects of what it takes to make it work in organizational life really does come back to what's going on between our ears and our conversation we're in about ourselves and where we're headed and what's important to me and how do I have meaning and how do I have engagement and how do I feel respected and get all the things I think I need to make life work. Um, so it just, that comes up here as like a final charge. If you find yourself campaigning over time, for one of these dynamics, like we need to get more organized around here, or we need to get more flexible around here. We need to have the entrepreneurial spirit again around here, something like that. <laughs> we find ourselves campaigning often about that, i.e., uh, and usually the campaigning comes out of a complaint instead of broadcasting and choir. Because if you've got, if you're the really entrepreneurial one, you got a team that seems really slow and methodical, go have a conversation about it. Not to judge them, but to say, hey, it seems like this is what's going on. I'm trying to do this, and I'm sure you guys talk shit about me when I'm not around. And here's what it seems like it's going on for this team. I think we can move faster and be really, stay really clear and stay organized. Um, but right now we're, you know, polarized. So let's talk about that. Like, what am I not hearing? What have I not been paying attention to? that I need to be paying attention to? What concerns do you have that I seem to be blind to? Can you educate me about those things? Because I really want to be with you in the process. That takes some humility to do that. Takes some faith to do that. Takes some trust to do that. But usually that's what's needed. And if you're the hyper-organized one and in this dynamic a lot, like the founders got the authority, right? They can fire everybody if they've got enough, you know, um, equity in the company or whatever, it depends on lots of the scenarios, but they've got the authority. So a lot of times organized folks, which are you sometimes and, and usually dependent on the founder, mm -hmm. you know, like the visionary, the organized folks are usually dependent on them. And so when they, when they don't feel like they can access them and they feel like they just got to settle for the, the crumbs or settle for, 
um, uh, set, settle, settle for anything. Like, oh, we just got to deal with this person. Then they end up getting resentful. And when you get resentful, then all you're doing is listening through that resentment and, you know, uh, continuing a case about why that person is a necessary evil in the company. Instead of treating them like a person that's also out there doing the best they can to make their life work and make their company work. And they've been blood, sweat and tears in this thing. So to get off of that and to go say, hey, I really want to support you being um, the best visionary you can be here. And I think probably I frustrate the shit out of you. Um, and let's, can we talk about that? Cause I, I think, I, I think probably my aspect is also essential. I mean, is that true for you? And how do we partner together, um, to be synergistic, you know, and to be integrated. And I want you to have a mo as much Liberty here as possible. And I'm going to need that also for you to practice that in a certain way, because I'm running a team of 75 people. So I need you to respect the, I'm the translator between you and the, and, and the masses. So how do we do this in a way that keeps you who you want to be? And also, you know, me, who I need to be in order for the company. And it's that type of generative conversation that's full of promises and full of requests that usually um, makes a difference. So get off the preciousness, notice the preciousness first, and then, and then be willing to put that down for a minute and go listen. And then something new can happen. Yeah, I think you just described what I would say is hold, hold, hold it loosely, whatever you think you need. Just hold it loosely. Be willing to, I think you described quite well that paradigm uh, that, that's flexible and organizes. I'm going I'm to hold on to it, but I'm going to hold it loosely, ready to move in what direction I've got to go. What he said, he said it in like 15 seconds. It took me a long time. I like what you said. <laughs> I found so much value in both of them. Thank you, gentlemen. This is this conversation has been great. Also, doing this series has been really powerful for me. So I'm I'm really grateful to have this as a tool to both point our clients to, and also um, as some some thought uh, provoking tools for our listeners. So, anyway, uh, so grateful for both of you. Grateful for this conversation. Thanks. Thanks, Chad. Yeah. Good to be with you guys. Bye-bye, everybody. Well, my friends, thank you so much for listening to yet another conversation on the Naked Leadership Podcast. Your listenership and commitment to the podcast means the world to us. If this podcast or these conversations has helped, helped or inspired you in any way, would you mind going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a five-star rating and a glowing review? This helps us grow the movement and reach more leaders and teams. Finally, the greatest compliment that you can give us is sharing the podcast with your teams and the other leaders in your life. Until next week, bye-bye everybody.